The following podcast contains explicit language. Hi, this is Dana Stevens, Slate's movie critic, and I'm here with a Slate spoiler special on Lust Caution, the new Ang Lee movie. I'm here with Dan Coyce, the editor of the Vulture blog at New York Magazine. Hey, Dan. Hey. All right, so let's get right into it and start spoiling this movie. God knows it's got some spoilable stuff in it. And by the way, listeners, remember that we are about to give away the movie secrets here, so don't listen if you want to be surprised by Lust Caution. Also, um, there may be some discussion of sex, as there is some sex. Yes, but... Like the movie itself, I'm going to make us wait for the uh, the sex discussion <laughs> until we get past one early moment in the movie that's really, really striking that I want to talk about. And this is definitely a spoiler. It's totally unexpected when it happens in the movie. But let's talk about that early killing scene. Well, first, let's set up the movie just really, really briefly. Do you want to? Sure. Uh, the, the movie is set in um, wartime Shanghai and wartime Hong Kong, World War II, the war in particular. And early scenes in the movie are flashbacks to uh, Hong Kong just before the war when China has uh, is already under the control of the Japanese. And it follows a group of students who launch a plot to try and assassinate a Japanese sympathetic Shanghaian who is in Hong Kong. A collaborator. A collaborator, yes, a collaborator. Thank you for the thank you for the correct word. And one of these it's a student acting troupe, in fact, and one of these students, um uh, Wang Sha, who is played by a young actress named Tang Wei, impersonates a the wife of a, a fellow industrialist um, and uh, tries to infiltrate the life of this collaborator, Mr. Yi, who's played by Tony Lung. And the plot falls apart. Mr. Yi returns to Shanghai, but the group is found out even after the plot falls apart. They're found out by one of Mr. Yi's employees. And in an extremely brutal and surprising scene in the movie, the group sort of overcomes its it's worries about the possibility of doing violence and in a very protracted and bloody scene kills the man who has found them out and who could reveal them to the authorities. Right. And this is sort of at maybe the midpoint of the movie or a little bit before that and certainly not the moment that you're expecting there to be this big blood and gore nor is it the person that they've been trying to kill for the whole first half of the movie. So he's, he's actually quite a he's extraneous a character. character. Really, it's just yeah. the guy who sort of introduced them to this rich industrialist in the first place or I mean, rather to the to the collaborator in the first place. Now, the thing that I want to talk about with this killing is just the way that it's shot. I was really, really struck. The only movie scene that I can think of that shows killing a person to be as ridiculously hard as this scene does is actually a comic scene from a Hitchcock movie from Torn Curtain. There's a mm-hmm. long scene where uh, Paul Newman is trying to kill this guy and, you know, it's it's impossible. The guy won't die. He's sticking his head in an oven. He's st- stabbing him with these kitchen implements and it's kind of horrific but also comic and it's a typical kind of Hitchcock black humor thing. Right. Of course, Hitchcock is a big reference in this movie and in one moment the, uh, the heroine Tang Wei goes into a theater and watches, I think it's notorious, she watches Mm-hmm. Ingrid Bergman on, stri- on screen in a Hitchcock movie. Ang Lee even has a Hitchcockian cameo at the beginning of the movie. He does? I yes, missed that does. entirely. When he does plays, he appear? He plays one of the Japanese troops that we see in one of the first or second oh, shots of the film. I should have been looking for him. I don't think I know well enough what he looks like, although if I was on the lookout for him, I'd probably recognize him from his Oscar speech. Right. But uh, it's true. It does remind me of that scene in Hitchcock. It also, I except mean, that it's not comic at all. It's going to be my point. It's right. really, really hard to watch that this guy just kind of keeps getting up and crawling away. And it's also incredibly incompetent killing on the part of these young, idealistic student rebels. One of them has a gun. The other woman, not Tang Wei, but the other female member of the group, is holding a gun the whole time. But I guess presumably because she's too scared or doesn't know who to aim it at, she doesn't ever shoot. And instead, they're sort of hopelessly stabbing at him. Probably with two pushing dozen him down the stairs terrible and... stabbings in the scene. It reminded me, the comic scene it reminded me of was the Black Knight and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> uh, but it's basically the same thing. It's someone who simply will not die and a group trying to kill him who, who has no idea what they're doing. And 
there's a great revulsion on the part of the audience, I think, to the scene because partially because it is very repulsive, but also because we see the difficulty that the members of the group are having with this moment, that this is not the end. This is not sort of the glorious end they thought of for this plan. They're killing only to save themselves. They're killing someone who they had once considered a friend or at least an ally. And it's it proves to be ridiculously, horribly difficult. And it reminded me, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but it reminded me almost as, in a perverse way, sort of the first great and difficult sex scene in this movie. Because much is made in this movie of characters pushing beyond limits that they have set for themselves or pushing beyond sort of the bounds of civilized behavior uh, in order to accomplish the things that they feel they need to accomplish. And in fact, there, there's a there's a comic set piece a little bit earlier that is funny, but is also a little bit difficult to watch in which Tang Wei, knowing that she may have to seduce Mr. Yi, is relieved of her virginity by one of the other members of the group. And in this way, this killing reminded me of a whole series of scenes in the movie that in which people are forced to all at once go further than they thought they would be forced to go. And all at once, this group of people, this group of revolutionaries realizes they have to kill someone. They're terrible at it. It's a long protracted, difficult process. And in the end, I mean, the end almost is, uh, I mean, post-coital in the sense that they're all sitting around breathing heavily, sweating, some of them are weeping, some of them seem somewhat satisfied, and the audience is just doesn't know how to react to a scene like this, at least the audience. That's a great comparison. I mean, that hadn't occurred to me at the time, but it's definitely true that the audience is left after that killing as well as after the sex scene sort of saying, Jesus Christ, that was not what I bargained for. Yes, exactly. And to me, that was the movie that, the scene rather, um, that made the movie into something serious and important. I mean, up until then, I had sort of thought, oh, this is a beautifully constructed period piece with a great espionage angle and, you know, the acting is really excellent and it sort of seemed like this well-crafted thing. And at the moment that this guy is just horribly butchered over a scene that probably lasts, I mean, the actual killing part probably lasts like three or four minutes, which is way longer than it usually takes someone to die in a movie. By the end of that scene, I thought, okay, this movie's doing some some serious shit. And that's the same thing that the sex scenes sort of, the the way that they inform the movie later on. So let's let's skip ahead to the sex scenes. Let me start with um, a rating question. Do you think this movie deserved its much talked about NC-17? Uh, I mean, it is true that you you don't really see, like, Tony Lung's dick. But aside from that, it's hard to imagine a movie that would more deserve an NC-17 than this movie. But, yeah, whatever that thin line is between an NC-17 and an X, it doesn't actually cross it. Because you don't sort of see, you know, the actor's bits in, in full relief. But they definitely are doing it in some of those shots, at least, right? They can't be that. The actors or the characters? No, well, I mean, it's... It, the actors are their body doubles. Right, well, they've been saying. coy about it, as people who make movies like this often are. I'm inclined to believe that they probably found some way not to actually have them have sex only because it strikes me that people in Hollywood are masters at shielding actors bits from other actors bits. Right. But, um, that's quite a specialty to have. It is. It is. Yes. There's, I don't, I don't understand how they could possibly have done it, but I know that there are all kinds of devices and restraints and straps and contraptions that they have in order to do this. But the, Illusion is amazing, if it is an illusion. If not, then the reality is astonishing, because the main reason I think that 
I think the sex scenes are simulated is that the acting is so good and so specific within the sex scenes that I would find they can't it, have their mind on anything but right, acting. Kind of. I mean, I would find it really hard to believe that two people who are actually having sex would be able to stay in character as well as these two staying. That's character. true, unless they were actually sort of having a sadistic, right. romantic love affair like the two are. In the if so, the I can't wait for the making of Lust Caution, the movie. <laughs> More Lust Caution. Right, right. Lust Caution too. More Lust, less Caution. Right. But I mean, what really struck me about the sex scenes in this movie, other than that, you really do see quite a lot, and they are quite extensive. And surprisingly unromantic in many cases. They're anti-romantic. They're anti-romantic. Is that I feel like it's very rare in a movie for character development to happen in the middle of a sex scene. I feel like usually sex, when two characters have sex, that's the ending of one thing and maybe the beginning of another thing. And maybe it signifies a change in their relationship. But usually the sex itself does not the character's relationship does not change from point A at the beginning of the sex scene to point B in the middle of the sex because scene. Because of things that happen C. in the sex scene. Because of things that are happening Absolutely. To them you stole yeah. the words out of my mouth. I mean, that's what's really striking about these sex scenes is that they tell a story and they contain character development in the sex act, not in things that they're saying during the sex act, but right. in things that they're doing and the fact that it's happening. The other movie I could think of that does that as well, which is, I believe, an X-rated movie or should be, is another Asian movie, Oshima's Realm of the Senses. Have you seen that movie? I have not seen that. It's sort of like an erotic classic, and mm-hmm. um, but if you go to it, expecting a sort of turn on with your honey it's a big disappointment because it involves like castration and sadism and all kinds of horrible things but it's really a beautiful movie about sex in that almost every scene is a sex scene and yet it's also a very compelling love story that shows this kind of self-destructive love affair evolving and this movie in much in a much more compacted space of time and without as much graphic sex also manages to really develop these two characters and almost everything you know about the motivations of these two characters to make the decisions that they finally make you know, because of the sex scenes. Right, because they don't speak to each other very much at all, partially because there's hardly any time, because their relationship develops quickly and includes a lot of sex, but also partially because they aren't, especially Mr. Yi, they are not particularly talkative people. And I know that you have had some issues with, or at least at first it had some issues with the motivation behind the choice that Mok Tai Tai, the Tongwei's character, makes at the end of the movie, and maybe we can sort of talk about that a little bit, because it certainly seems driven by the moments that they have shared in bed and the realization she's come to about herself and about Mr. Yi. Yeah, yeah, let's skip to the end and and spoil that and and use that to talk about the motivation a little bit, because this was one of those movies, I don't know if other viewers are going to have this experience or if you did, but it actually gets better in retrospect. I need to re-see it, but I remember walking out thinking, wow, that was beautifully done, and you know all these things that we just talked about, the violence and the sex were really well handled, but I'm not quite sure what the main character's motivation was, or Mm -hmm. for that matter, what Tony Leung's motivation was to do these things that we're about to talk about. But now, looking back, I I actually think that's a strength of the movie. Uh, I also went back and read the story, the Eileen Chang short story that it's based on, and you know, obviously you can't sort of use that as a crutch for a viewing of the movie, but it, it sort of helped me to deepen my understanding of the fact that that's just a complexity, you know, mm-hmm. and that there is a certain mystery at the heart of their motivations, which is part of the mystery of, of the sex scenes themselves and maybe of sex and violence. But anyway, let's talk about their motivations and what they do. Why does she decide to betray the student rebels as she does and tell him to save himself in this scene late in the movie when they're in a jewelry store together? She basically tells him, save yourself right now or you're right. going to be killed. In, and thereby, the, in the midst of the culmination of the plot as the pieces are assembling themselves around them for him to be assassinated, she spills the beans very quickly. He escapes and in doing so, she knows that she is condemning herself and everyone in on the plot to death. It's a very surprising moment in the movie, and you're right that it's a moment that 
feels more right in retrospect, perhaps, than it does when you're watching it. When you're watching it, you're, I, I felt, at least as a viewer, that I was so wrapped up in sort of the perversities of their relationship and and the things about the relationship that were so alien to my experience that I found it hard to understand in the moment why she would make this kind of sacrifice for him. But certainly there's an argument to be made, I think, that Mak Tai Tai, the Tangwei's character, finds herself in performance in a way that she seemed never to find herself in actual life. And I know that that's a very important... I don't know how, how it relates to Eileen Chang's story, but I know that as far as the movie goes, it's a very important aspect of her character is is her ability to sink into performance and her pleasure in what that brings out in other people. Right, which is shown as almost as something that's beyond her power. It's as if she was a born actress without ever knowing that she was an actress or wanting to be an actress. She's right. this very sort of plain and not particularly political girl who's sort of strong-armed into joining the group, the rebel group. And then the next thing you know, she's this master actor who absolutely transforms herself into this rich mahjong-playing mm-hmm. mistress and, and is perfect in that role. Yeah, can you talk a little bit more about what you mean about finding herself as an actor? You mean that as her character, she falls in love with a guy who outside of character she would have hated maybe i mean it's i mean again it's the opacity is part of the pleasure of it and it's also one of the frustrations of it but certainly it strikes me in retrospect that either you can make the case that she that only in playing a character does she sort of find any real pleasure and happiness in life because certainly there's very little outside of that character to provide that for her and and therefore sort of sinks so deeply into the character that the love that she was playing has become real love or i think you can also make the case that well i don't know what other case i actually intended to make i had this whole direction i was going with it but then eh, that's okay because we we always ramble on too long in these things anyway so i'm just going to jump to the very last question which is about his motivation tony Mm -hmm. lung's motivation he's amazing in this role by the way i think they both are but i mean i just i really thought he made a potentially absolutely horrible character who you could have no sympathy for and to someone that you sort of wanted to save as well. Mm -hmm. But what do you think his motivation is for... I mean, he starts to suspect her way before she actually clues him in. And it seems to me that the very, very violence of their sex scenes is, is partly driven by that, by his doubt about whether she's on his side or not. So what do you think his motivation is in pursuing this affair with someone who is probably in league with his assassins? I mean, I think that certainly comes out in the sex scenes as well, because there is violence to those sex scenes, but we also, in very brief moments within those sex scenes, see really the only glimpses of humanity that we get out of Tony Long's character. In the moments where where his mask goes away and you feel like you are seeing the man inside the monster that he has become, I get the impression, at least, or at least my read on the movie, was that he to some extent treasured those moments that Mr. Yi knowing what he has become the idea of having anything in his life that made him feel even the slightest bit human was deeply appealing to him and he was willing to sacrifice almost everything up to it uh, to that feeling up to his own life and he was willing to let events string themselves out and give his suspicions a chance not to be right much longer than he would have given anyone else simply because he found some small part of humanity inside himself in the midst of these extremely violent sexual acts. Right, right. I mean, making it all more opaque, of course, is the fact that the acts that they commit on screen together seem completely unpleasurable, unloving, (laughs) you know, and with a few rare exceptions, they just sort of seem painful and awful. But we'll leave that to the the opaque So what we're saying is that this is a fantastic date movie. 
Um, if you're going out on maybe a first or a second date with someone you don't know very well, but you have yeah, high that, hopes that for getting that, them into the sack. Yeah, you might bring them home with you. you that, might not. This is the movie to go to. I'm not even going <laughs> to follow that one up. <laughs> but my very last quick question to you is this. Um, what, do you, what kind of reception do you think this movie will have? I mean, this is the director of Brokeback Mountain. Everybody's anxiously awaiting his next movie, and it comes out, and it's this very difficult to watch NC-17 entirely in Chinese period piece. He certainly is lowering expectations. He's already gone on record as telling everyone, don't worry, this won't make any money. But um, the critical reaction... A little modesty on yes, Mr. Lee's part. It is. Well, he may be right. It may not make any money. I mean, it's not as if American audiences are begging to go out to NC-17 rated movies in foreign languages. But I, I do think it's been interesting so far to see the critical response to this. I think you and I both like this movie very much. I know other critics who have liked it very much as well. But the first two reviews to come out of this movie were dire pans in to the trades in Variety and The Hollywood Reporter based on the movie showing at the Venice Film Festival. And... It strikes me that there are going to be critics who find this movie deeply irritating because, for the very reason that it seems like a sort of deliberately opaque choice on Ang Lee's part. The movie is opaque, and its marketability is extremely questionable, and I think critics will will sometimes feel that a director who had the chance to make a sort of mainstream masterpiece of the sort that Brokeback Mountain suggested he could make had given it up for something arcane and and difficult like this movie. I think other critics will totally love this, and so my thought is that this movie may end up being one of those movies that divides critics into camps, camps of people who love lust caution and camps of people who hate lust caution, and everyone in each camp thinks that everyone in the other camp is a moron. Right. I sort of hope so. I hope it's those kind of battle lines will be right. drawn because that'll make it fun. And I would definitely put myself in the in the loving it camp. And like I say, I want to I want to see it again and see if my rapidly burnishing memory of it holds up. Okay, so thanks for coming in to discuss less caution with me, Dan. Thanks a lot. For Slate.com, I'm Dana Stevens. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.